Welcome to this video quantum conversation. I'm Loren Gailey, and I'm so pleased to be here with two very special people who followed the inner guidance, the inner wisdom, and they watched a beautiful unfolding and a beautiful remembrance. We're here to talk about the inner journey of ascension, but the personal story of my guests today are going to share something so much more beautiful and it does relate to the august eclipse and what in unfolded since then my guests are sananda and shakina here to share some incredible wisdom and divine truth hello sananda and shakina welcome to the show Welcome to this divine union between both of you. Share this story with us because it's centered around your tour to Egypt, which was a very powerful time, but it's representative of the shift in consciousness that you've both experienced. And it does come around that eclipse time of August, the total solar eclipse here in the United States. So um, please share your meeting and your union. Yes. So the great union transpired in the eclipse of December, which was the, uh, the, the solstice that came through. But it was a great preparation from August, and many of the viewers would appreciate all the karmic records coming up to really be cleansed and purified and be completed. And that's what the August quarter was really all about. That, that great eclipse, the particle emergence, really about dissolving those old timelines. And ever since August, there was a transition of merging into a whole new reality, a higher calibration experience. So I'm sure many can can relate to their life transitioning into different points of focus, different directions to walk. And our, our experience, our journey together, very much a reflection of that. So before we went to Egypt, this vessel, now I say this vessel because the consciousness in which that has come through this vessel on many occasions has, has changed. and. So this vessel had went to the Himalayas to go through a great initiation and go, to go back to original master that was basically learnt all the spiritual truths of ascension, all the spiritual tr truths of liberation. And it was divine decree to return back to those, that Himalayan journey, those Himalayan mountains, in a particular cave, um, to return back and ask and spend time in the presence of uh, a beloved master. And then since then, it was, been, it was known to leave all the whole life behind, wipe the slate clean, go to Egypt, and there'll be a new direction and life path that awaits you. And so many who do not know of, of me or haven't heard of the teachings, that master was Baba Ji. And, and since then, he's, he told me a very great truth, and it was to let go of 
the association to needing to be taught and to just be and teach and lead your journey from your teachings. And so that's what's allowed this vessel to then move on and go to Egypt to be um, involved in this beautiful service, service mission where we both met for the first time in this story. So do you want to share? I'll be happy to. So to rewind a bit before August, this vessel, again we're going to use the word vessel, um, went through a death initiation at the age of 33 years and so the consciousness that came through the birth of this vessel literally left during the six days and six nights of uh, resurrection, so to speak, during this death initiation. And at that time, the consciousness that was to come through this vessel was to hold both the Christos Sophia energies, which is feminine and the masculine Christ. So for three days and three nights, this consciousness um, and vessel went through three days and three nights of resurrection for the masculine and three days and three nights of resurrection for the feminine in order to begin more of a consciousness expression into the world to the merging of the divine masculine and the divine feminine within. And so at that time, I was told that I was coming down again for a very particular mission to, to close or to complete the circle or the cycle that began 2000 years ago. So we can start with that, and then we can enter a bit into Egypt. And so from that time on, this vessel was prepared through absolute um, intense, intense initiation processes with the high, high masters to cleanse, clear, ascend completely, and liberate the genetic structure of the vessel. So the genetic template that it came in with was fully liberated in order for this consciousness that speaks to you now to be able to anchor into the vessel. Because you cannot have an ascended consciousness stream continuously unless your vessel is completely clear to be able to receive and then fully embody and anchor in. And so I was told that this is going to happen. I was being prepared many, many years for this Okay, well, welcome to the 2000 year completion of that timeline loop. Let's talk a little bit more, Shakina, about your experience. The death initiation, what was that like for you physically? Did a new consciousness come in? like a walk-in or is it a more refined higher self embodiment so that's a really great question and it's been asked many times 
you know, oftentimes a walk-in is perceived as something that is of a different soul monad or a different consciousness altogether. And thus, it wouldn't be qualified exactly as a walk-in energy, but, a, but an infinitely higher refined consciousness. So basically, I went through all 144 monads to, to come into the vessel. You went through all 144 monads. Correct. So to make it simple understanding of what the monad is, the monad is a, a family of souls. And so every soul extension has a connection to a monad. What does monad mean? It means one. It's the, the monadic consciousness, the one consciousness of all the souls, the one soul tribe. The, the tribe of many colors, many souls. And so when you start embodying on your own ascension pathway, on your own liberation pathway, when you start embodying more of the soul intelligence of who you truly are, you start absorbing the monadic fields, which is 144 soul extensions. And why is this number 144 important? the importance of 144, if we plus them all together, all these digits, it actually equals nine, which is the number of completion and liberation. But 144 is very significant because the speed in which light travels, it doesn't actually travel, it appears to travel, but, but actually light is more of an omnipresence than it is a linearity. However, the arcs, when it arcs its current, the magnetism and its electric qualities, when it arcs that, and when Earth receives those arcs of light from the sun, because the sun is a primary source, it receives it at a, a 144,000 arcs per grid second. So the grids, the entire grid system of the planet is calibrated to 144, which is just the speed of light or the essence of light itself. And so souls are like reflect reflections of the monads. And so, yeah, like little fractals of this core fractal being monad itself. So when you embody that inside your body, inside your chakras, inside your nadi, your spiritual nerves, inside your meridians, inside all the internal biocircuitries, your body becomes illuminated, fully illuminated at the speed or at the essence of life, which is 144,000. So there's 144 souls, but the monads, then when they amplify that, it becomes 144,000, which is the source of one, the source of light. And then it goes beyond that as well. It's never ending this ascension journey, it consistently continues to involve and evolve. Well, then I would uh, say that you have gone through this liberation, which is really an ascension process. You've, you've ascended. Yes, absolutely. Fully ascended and liberated, which there is there's quite a distinction in, in relationship to, in other words, they are not interchangeable. Ascension is, you know, there's a there's a, a conception right now about the ascension, and it's you know the ascension that happens outside the body. We're you know we're leaving, 
No, not. You're, you are ascending up and through the chakra system um, to then become essentially transcendent of the chakra system altogether, to go back to the golden race, to go back to your divine human gold grit. And, and that's really what we're here for. You know, who we are, who we've been is of such little importance, truly, <laughs> because this is about this is about you. This is about bringing forth the golden race as ambassadors with full dispensation and such. Yeah, it's so essential to, to know that to be ascended is a mistake also because it's a continuation. You never end ascending. You know, so when you ascend, you're ascending these energies. Those energies are also a, a chemistry, a biochemistry inside your body. It's a sacred oil. That's what the, the Christ Christos. truly is. It, the Christ comes for, from the word Christos. Christos means the anointing or the anointed ones, the sacred oil or the chrism. And that is inside your being. When you refine your, your body temple, when you refine your emotional body, your mental body, your astral, your causal, and all the many levels and layers of your consciousness, you refine back to the primordial source of all creation. From that space, there is no identity. There is no story. There's pure awareness, pure consciousness. <laughs> and when you embody that and experience that within the full totality of who you truly are, it does something quite phenomenal to the energetic calibration to your body, this, this light shift. It changes the magnetics and electrics of your DNA. So you no longer hold the ancestral. collective ancestral karma. And what is karma? Karma is action. Karma is memory. Karma is the compilation of all the omnipresent experiences that you've had simultaneously as this one field of consciousness is one source but the body is purified from that. The blood is cleansed. We no longer have the same blood group that these bodies were born into. We no longer have the same fingerprints, the same eyes, the same skeletal structure. Everything changes. It's a total metamorphosis. And this metamorphosis is likened to the caterpillar and the butterfly. When you go in that light cocoon, the papoose. <laughs> And that actually, you go through a death. Now, beloved Lady Nada or Shakina, she went through a physical death where she, her, her body actually died for that six-day period. And then it was resurrected and brought back to life. That was a very physical experience that she was, had to be initiated through that, for the dynamics of what consciousness had to come through. She also had to be refined to have 11 years of celibacy before this consciousness could come through. Yes. However, when we all, because we're all collectively going through this journey, your own journey is going to be unique. You're going to go through the same, into the same source point. There is one source of all existence. And there's various levels and journey points on this ascension. However, your own experience is unique, very unique and accustomed to the fractal that you are expressing of this universe. And so when you perceive your vessel, 
not as a body or a tomb. But as an ascension chamber. As an ascension chamber, as an ascension chariot, Merkaba, mm -hmm. or a starship. When you really know that, that you are the embodiment of the universe, your universe. Then the ascension, when you ascend within, you're also ascending throughout the entire cosmos. And there's a bridge between this body of consciousness and the entire omnipresent body of consciousness, known as the macro and the micro. And so what we are here to bring is that complete journey because everything goes through these cycles. It's, everything is cyclic. Everything is cyclic. Everything is going through a cycle of the zodiac, a cycle of nature, the cycle of the seasons, the cycle of birth, you know, and death and resurrection consistently, continuously. And so these cycles of life, when you embody them and attune back to the core frequency, the core pulse of the tune and the frequency and the pulse of the universe, the wave of the universe, you become calibrated to the entire body of the universe itself. And that starts purifying, clearing the karma, transcending your consciousness, expanding your awareness and returning back to full sovereign liberation. And so we share this from a direct experience, not from books, not from hearing teachings, but through the direct experience of full Kundalini activation but not once, but consistently and continuously because you should not be afraid of your own power of the Kundalini Shakti. This energy inside you, when you've refined and purified your temple, your holy temple, your, your mind, your thoughts, your emotions, your organs, and you purify this, it becomes this beautiful, blissful experience of total unification with yours truly as the divine itself. So I wanted to take a moment to just have everybody drop into that pulse, that pulse of the all that is, the most luminous presence of the divine spark of all that exists and lives in all, in every drop of rain, in every flower, in every being, in every animal, and in every human expression. So just take a moment to feel that grand pulse. So very powerful and awe-inspiring. And so expansive. <laughs> you know, so many people focus on the energy of lack and what isn't available right now. And yet, presence of love is everywhere and in everything. So just take a moment to focus on that incredible love and call in that love. Releasing all that does not serve, releasing all that is not of the highest octaves and frequencies of that love now. Dropping deeper into the heart to listen 
not through the ears and not through the ephemeral human brain, but through the heart and the omni-dimensional presence where everything is possible and everything is love. And that's how we invite you to listen to our story because our story is your story. Truly, the way showers, you've done this experience, you've gone through this. And so it brings up questions as we refine and purify all of it. And Lady Nada, Shakina, when you went through the six days and six nights merging with your masculine and feminine in the death initiation, Sananda said that the physical body died. Yes. Uh, the doctors spoke of this muscle as the miracle one. Um, and they, you know, had no understanding of how there was this return or this resurrection process. And it was because I was to come back as, as the version of the ascended Christ, which we just spoke of. Um, so to try to depersonify what many have believed to be that is, is feeling important at this time. And so that absolute releasing of all karma was to ascend and fully liberate or prepare for liberation because liberation didn't actually happen until probably about five or six years after the death initiation after the ascension perhaps six years later came the liberation and um and thus and it is completely different when you have no thoughts you don't have wants or desires or are, are playing from the the game of polarity integration any longer, where it has already merged within its, in its perfection of both. One without balance with the other can never, ever, ever reach divinity. It isn't possible. It must be able to merge the Christos Sophia within all beings, must come into a full emergence and a full unification in order to be able to really be okay thank you it's it's so interesting to hear your journey and i know there's questions that it's it might not be so easy so the physical body, I know we're, well, there's ascension symptoms that people talk about, that people experience, right? And so, and you mentioned the, the full Kundalini activations all the time. Yeah. What can we do to really, I, I would say that some people don't even know that this is going on. If higher light's coming in, the body's not able to process it. Is that part of what's going on? It's when these, these light packets come in and they begin to open up and they begin to unpack and unlock things inside of you. 
But as things are unlocked, anything that's still in distortion also has to come up and be seen and experienced. And that vibration and the vibration that's coming in does not match. And so you, you begin to feel this, this distortion within you or this discomfort. And it begins to be expressed in the physical body because that's the, that's the way the messages come through. For human beings, it's almost like if you have a little headache, somebody's not going to say, oh, wait, let me go deep inside and see what emotions are coming up right now so that I can instantly clear that. No, no, no. Most people are going to go and grab an aspirin and put it inside of their body and mask whatever it is that's happening. And so this is the way the pain body works, or the, we're going to call it the message. It feels like it's a little bit lighter than the pain body. So the message body comes in and says, hey, perhaps there's something that you may want to pay attention to at this moment. And so what happens when these light packets come in, these high, high frequencies are coming in for everyone in the planet right now, whether they're aware of it or not. There's also so many soul exchanges coming in on the most kind of benign level. It, it, it isn't coming in in these massive waves because the body would not be able to sustain it. So when these kundalini activations happen, for example, it's like, you know, everybody says they want their powers and they want their gifts, and yet it comes great responsibility to be in a world service contract because your every expression is magnetized infinitely so that everyone can feel it even unconsciously so you have to be so pristine with everything with your actions with your deeds with your words with absolutely everything and so what happens with these kundalini activations is that your grand pillars of your identity and that can be so terrifying for someone and so that's a lot of what's happening as well with these great frequencies and ascended frequencies and just to speak more into that is is also when one receives these, these downloads, these light packets, it's as if you sometimes receive like messages or visions or memories of your ancient days, your ancient um, times in different timelines, mm -hmm. potentially in, in different universes or planetary systems. And, or it could be of a different personality archetype of, of some other great exactly. being. And so all of these, whether it is the Mary Magdalene, the Mother Mary, the Yeshua consciousness, or any Buddhic consciousness, it's infinite, this, this list of this master consciousness. What happens when you receive that inside you, every human heart has specific flames of those soul intelligencies, those, the monadic calibration. And so some hold a percentage, say a percentage of Divine Mother Mary. And when you receive that, those high intelligences, you start receiving that direct broadcast of that Divine Feminine energy or, 
or whatever it may be, because it's a field of consciousness. But in order to fully embody and crystallize those energies, the distortions have to be fully cleared and cleansed. But also, there's, it's the genetic imprints. Every genetic structure is a combination of four letters. It's like the alphabet of the DNA, A, T, C, and G. And they create a specific pattern. For you to be an actual incarnation of that being, of that, of that field of intelligence, your entire genetic structure has to match identically to that genetic code. And then you are embodying the full genetic template, the full heart flames that hold that energy. And you have the gifts, you have the miracles, the abilities to bring forth in of service to the divine plan, to be of service to humanity. That is the whole point to these cities, these city powers, these city gifts. So when you're going through this journey, you feel dizzy, for example. That's the ringing in the ears. The ringing in the ears or the downloads that are coming through. Potentially, you're not fully in your body because you're going off ship or in, you know, mm-hmm. off planet even to, to actually risk your body to receive these downloads and your consciousness is somewhat removed so you don't go through the turbulence. But then sometimes you experience the turbulence mm-hmm. because these are like your initiations to know that you can ground this frequency, you can become a master of reality in a centered, grounded, anchored way. Exactly. So it's like your, your process in which to, in a way, initiate yourself that you are able to hold these higher calibration. And so your own karmic lessons come back to teach you these lessons of life mastery and polarity inspiration of the light and dark. And so what's also happening right now is for, especially the, the, those who are really awakening more and more are in the awakening stage, about 12% of archetypal energies right now are entering everybody. And so what's occurring? We, we've dropped into this many times and it's like, okay, yeah, this being is 12%, this being is 12%, this being is 12% of whether it's Yeshua or Mary or, you know, whatever it is, um, Zeus. I mean, it's all, it's all across the line right now. You know, um, there are, these percentages are to open up the perceptual understanding of what is possible and what has occurred and to begin to embody these energies to release, again, this goes back to the gold. The, the, the golden race of humanity to move through the dark age and the bronze age and the silver age into the golden age. And that first happens within you. Everything first happens within this beautiful ascension temple. Yeah. It is to be honored. It is to be absolutely put in the highest frequency of, of foods, put in the highest experiences bring forth the, the most profound thoughts of love and and nothing else because anything else will devalue this precious precious temple and so to go into a little bit more about the pieces that are coming in so so many people right now are, are coming to us and asking us questions 
okay, but, but I believe I'm the incarnation of so-and-so. And it's like, all right, let's go. And we can read all of the records and we get to see all of the portals that are opening up and all the beings that are around. And so when we drop in, you know, what we've heard so clearly is that when you do begin to open up to even the 12%, it feels like you're embodying something completely. But again, until you've fully ascended, you have no thoughts, no needs, no wants, no desires of any kind. You have no attachments to even your world service contract. You have no attachment to any of it. You just allow the doors to open and you step right through that. And you liberate your genome, your, 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 your ancestry line and the collective so that you're no longer even affected by the collective itself. You cannot anchor in those frequencies and embody them completely and therefore state you are the reincarnation of any effect. Yeah, it's important to know that liberation comes from no thoughts. If you have thoughts and it's not, you are not liberated because thoughts are Chaining. Chains, because they are thought paradigms that literally propel you into an action or into an animation. And so once you renounce your personal will and you go through that renunciation process, you become more refined, more refined to deeper and deeper emptiness to then just be a conduit, a literally a pillar of light and a conduit that is in full animation and service to the one all that is and so all the archetypal embodiments or energies or, or names are also reflective to the stars mm. to the different stories of the stars to the different stories of the zodiacs the different archetypes of the zodiacs and also there's different aspects of your body within you you know when we actually look at the breakdown of etymology and many of these ancient names, whether it's Krishna, whether it's Yeshua, whether it's Mary Magdalena, whatever, even Muhammad, even Brahma, Saraswati, it all has a composition and connection point to the constitution of your body and the constellation of your body. All the divine aspects of your body, when you break down the etymology, there's a significant portion of that historical story or a narrative is speaking to your actual internal process as above, so below, as within, so without. And so everything is an expression of the one because it's only God. It's only creation is God. It's one geometry with infinite possibilities, but it's essentially the same story, whether it's expressed with different characters, different names, different events, different events. and whether that is a story that's experienced in an ancient scripture or it's experienced in the internal alchemy that happens inside you, it's the same thing. And that's what we're here to bring. We're here to bring the completion of all these narratives mm -hmm. because once you let go of the story, embody the totality and just enjoy the great celebration of this miracle of life, mm -hmm. then you realize what it's all about. And these are the teachings that we're going to be bringing forward. It's really the complete teachings of what we were 
essentially unable to breathe forth 2,000 years ago because of the patriarchy and because of all of the absolute convolution um, that came from that time. And so that is what we have embodied our ascended form of those frequencies here and now so that we can do Fascinating, truly fascinating and quite an inspiration, really. I know so many are really feeling this and feeling, understanding the possibilities, right? Understanding more about what this is about. And we wish it with ease and grace but it's not so easy. Let's talk a little bit about the surrender and letting go and the death of the ego, right? No attachments. That's gonna be a big one for people, but I know we all understand it. We understand it as having no more triggers. Nothing will trigger us anymore. I love how you say inner standing. This is when we Look at what is presenting and clear it, work with it, purify it. Yes, and you're not standing under anything. <laughs> you are clearly encompassing um, a complete and total embodiment of, of what it is that you are working to recalibrate yourself. And so, for example, this vessel has the exact codement of both Mother Mary and Mary Magdalene, because it was necessary for the, the grace of Mother Mary energy and, and, and the um, certain aspects of that to be able to be embodied, but the power of the Magdalene of that very, um, very primordial, power to be able to come through in one vessel um, because the energy prior to that wasn't received that well because it was so powerful and so strong um, and so it was necessary to have a vessel this vessel that holds both of the exact matrix the exact coding and the contracts for this to come forth and that's why we have all of the memory field of, of, and that's why the overlay occurred in Egypt. And that's where Egypt falls into play for us. I, I feel it's really important to amplify the death of the ego. Yes. This is such a, a beautiful surrender. Now, with the, with the death of the ego, it's likened to the dissolution of just dissolving back into this essence. It's like a bubble in the ocean popping and returning back to the primordial ocean itself. Mm. And you can never understand or understand these truths through the mind because the mind is associated with the human mind, the hum not the omnipresent mind, but the lower calibration of the mind known as thought processes or thought patterns see these thought patterns they are a, literally a comp complementary not complementary a complete <laughs> complex 
of the entire belief system, the entire imprinting, the entire unconscious and subconscious, these memories, whether they're traumas, whether they're celebration, ecstatic joys, they are literally producing your thoughts. So your thoughts really aren't you. So the first thing to do is stop identifying with your thoughts. The voice in your head is not you. That's not you at all. And you're not even a witnesser of those thoughts. It's not about being the witness or the thoughts themselves. It's, it's, it's not about that. It's the actual expression of the field. It's the entire presence itself that all exists. That's what you truly are, that blank canvas that holds all potential, that womb space of all potential. So the simplicity to let go of your thoughts and surrender and dissolve the imaginary ego is first witness them. First catch yourself, witness where you are. Bring yourself back into your center. You don't know what center is? Well, just visualize a clock and two arms facing up to bring you here and now. Just very simple. Visualize a clock and it's both hands pointing to the 12 and that will bring you back to your center. It will literally like zip up all your energetics back into your pranic tube, your shushumna. And it may not dissolve your thoughts completely, but it will bring you back into more awareness, more presence. And your breath. Yes, and that's the second aspect is the breath. When you're fully aware of the breath, the life pulse, the rhythm of expansion, contraction, the stasis in between. And everyone can remember a time when they wake up in the morning, they don't know where they are, they have no idea, nothing's loaded yet into their hard drive. It's like they're not even online, they just, the body wakes up, they open their eyes, and then slowly it starts coming back. Oh, I'm this person with this, with this name and with this. But who were you before that program got uploaded? Who was the vessel? Go back to that. And when you're in that space, that's where there is no suffering. There is no distraction. There is no pain. There's just complete awareness of what is in that beingness, the being of your true nature. So in order for that to happen, so in your full embodiment in every eternal now, it's about relinquishing what takes you out of your center. What distracts you? Who distracts you? What aspect that's reflecting outside of you that's distracting you? And not to be attached to the one main attachment, which is your memories, your associations. Mm -hmm. You don't have to have memories to have access to all memory. It's, it's a paradox. In fact, you, it's the opposite. To be able to have access to all memory, you are to be clear so that you can unravel the secrets of the universe through neutrality. Yes, it's like this great library around you. And when you choose or when it is chosen through the animation of the moment, the book appears, the hologram plays, and you experience exactly what's needed, and then the book is put back on the shelf. No more, no less, exactly what you need, exactly what you receive, and you go about presence in such ways and so you can have connection to the omniverse of all records but you have to let go of the first lie which is the i 
the I is a lie. That is the first simple truth. Because who you think you are is not who you truly are. It's who you think you are that distracts you from who you truly, truly are. Because who you think, again, is a, is a, a complex, a matrix of programming, of internal calibration of programs coming from society, coming from the genetics, the ancestors, the parental conditioning, the collective field, whatever it is, it's literally programs. And when you delete, not dissolve and remove them, but finalize them, complete the programs, Mm -hmm. dissolve them and delete them from the mainframe, delete them from the pure essence that you are, then you just experience life as it is, not for how you want it to be, not how you see it from the limitations, but from it is as the full expression of life. Because everything, no matter whether it's a pillow, an apple, a plant, the entire universe had to be created for that to exist. So when you look at life, you're looking at a fractal of every single aspect and of God, of God, in every moment, all there is is God, and there's nothing more and nothing less because that's all that can exist. We're so elevated, it brings up hope a lot of hope in our world, and I know it's inspiring to so many. So, I thank you for these teachings. And so, let's distinguish here there's this, com- this question comes up a lot. And there's so much chaos around, right, with everything. I don't even want to go into politics because that really brings us back into these thoughts and the programs that we have to dissolve and delete. But how do we dissolve and delete these programs um, when our family is worried about the outside world? So kind of it's this bridge between where you are and the rest of us as humanity stepping into this. I would love to speak into that, and then I feel Shakina will be amazing at expressing how to dissolve these aspects within. And so it's about being in matter, but not of matter, being in the world, but not of the world. And so when you go see a movie or you watch a movie, do you allow that movie to then continue into your life and believe that everything that happened in that movie is your life, you would make the association that that's a movie and you're witnessing that. While you're watching the movie, on the other hand, you may identify with it in the moment. And you may think it's really real and your body may react to it as such. It's cathartic. It's cathartic. But as it ends and the credits play, you realise, oh, well, that, you know, that was something. <laughs> and that's exactly what happens when you return back to the soul consciousness where you elevate into a higher awareness. Oh, that was something. That was a beautiful dream. That was a beautiful experience. But it may have been the most painful, most suffering experience, but it was still beautiful. So when we stop identifying with the movie, with the dream, what happens, something significant happens, is that you don't have to take so much responsibility for everything. This doesn't mean stop paying your bills, stop paying for the things that necessary, eat food, 
and so to speak. It's more to say that just don't attach to it. Don't hold on to it. Don't make it yours. Yes, don't make it yours. Life will continue to move on, you know, whether whatever feeling you're feeling. And when you walk, do you think about walking? Do you, do you, when you're walking every day, does your body freely animate or do you think that I have to take the left step, the right step, and so on and so forth? It just happens naturally. Do you, no one has to think about the processes. When you go see sights, it's ridiculous notion. You're not seeing sights. There's no, no sight. It's, you're just seeing. It's seeing. You're seeing. You're not, you're not seeing sights or you're not going to an experience that you need to do something for. You're not doing. You're experiencing it. So when you let go of the aspect and the confusion that you're doing this, you take away the burdens, you take away the pain, you take away the responsibility, and you just experience it in a neutral perspective of what it is, not from the entire spectrum of your defaults and the pain or the, the remembrances. You experience it for how it just is. And this is a great journey that needs meditation that needs daily foundational practices that you wake up in the day, not by a screaming alarm, but a graceful breeze that you can allow yourself to start chanting the sacred mantras of God. Sit in a meditation space and just be aware of your breath. There's many, 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 many practices and tools. It's about doing what feels right for you and doing it. And... I'd really like to introduce this concept of forgiveness at this moment because one of the reasons that people are anchored to their past traumas or beings that have seemingly perpetuated, and I say that because there are no victims here. Every being has made a very uh, sovereign choice in the inner planes before coming here to have these imperiences in order to, you know, the soul wants to embody. That's its job. And energy, all energy wants to do is complete itself. Start from here and complete itself. And so what's so amazing right now is that all of the ages of time, the dark ages, the bronze, the silver, and the golden age even are being able to be experienced at the same time so there could be somebody that sits right next to you and is experiencing the exact same event and you are seeing that same event in a completely different light so you're seeing it through the eyes of the silver age instead of the eyes of the kali yuga or the dark age and so in that very much is dependent upon your level of consciousness and so when it comes to family life and family ties to honor them is so important to hold them in the highest regard no matter where they are in their level of consciousness is so important but what's even what's equally as important is to recognize where you are how are you viewing 
the world? How do you view or experience your identity in the world? Are you one who's going to go down with the sinking ship? Or are you one who's going to come in with, you know, on the, on the magic carpet ride that says, come, beloveds, come to, come to me so that I can uplift you evermore. You know, turn that news off. We know what goes on. It, is, it has happened for lifetimes, after lifetime, after lifetime. Do we need to continue to bombard? And that is a strong word, and I stand very clearly by it. Bombard yourselves with everything that is occurring in the dark in those who are experiencing the dark ages. Or is there something that you can do that you can make a conscious choice and say, you know, at this moment, I'm going to drop into my heart for a moment and see how I can feed it so that therefore I can fill my cup to the point where the overflow is then able to be given to the world in such a meaningful way. And that, when you live in love truly, when you are experiencing the bandwidth of love and not the bandwidth of fear, you're attuning your station. You're like, you know what? No, I'm going to turn that station off, and I'm going to turn this station on, and I'm going to hear the sound of the angelic choirs inside of my temple. And that then is what I'm going to create. I'm going to create from the top of the mountain peak, not from the very bottom. And this is, this is a practice for so many. You know, we're coming here and we're speaking, but we've gone through it all, right? So it's not as though we're saying, oh, you know, we just descended from heaven and, and we haven't gone through all of that. Well, of course we have. These vessels have and so it's possible. Human beings tend to focus on what is impossible or what is unable to be done. Oh, no, that's not possible. Oh, no, we can't do that. Well, if you feel that way, then you're correct. You know, there, there is no, that is your truth, and thus that becomes your reality. And so it's really a matter of, you know, your breath, it, controls your thoughts. Your thoughts control your emotion and the way you perceive and receive these satellites that then go out into other universes as well. And therefore, that controls your behavior. And so how you animate in the world with grace and ease and precision is very dependent upon Thank you for that. Again, it is so lovely and we can feel the purity in your words. So creating from this place, creating from this space, it is how all the great masters manifested and did their beautiful things. And so you're living it and, and doing it. And some would say if you let go of all your identity, then that's quite frightening, right? But it really is part of this important process that you've explained so well.
maybe there's a way you could show us again how to really center and be in alignment in the face of everything. How we fortify. There are simple, there's, there's one simple. We're going to call it the mother breath. And I just would love to, to share with, with the, the joy of what comes. When you choose to quickly shift, it is very quickly, you can shift your attention from fear to love. Many great masters have said the same thing, but it does take around 12 years of purified loving thoughts to really activate your light body, the rainbow body that bridges into the golden body. It takes 12 years of pure loving thoughts. Nothing but and, and loving thoughts isn't a, a polarity from fear. Love, pure unconditional love, true love, is, it dissolves all into the neutrality of pure existence. And so that can be felt as a blissful energy, a, a, a joyful, graceful energy. But it's really, the, it's, it's really the essence of all existence. And that's... That's the joy. So what happens just in, a, in that moment, if you don't have a loving thought towards someone, you have judgment, for example. Forgive yourself, first and foremost. Forgive yourself for having that judgment. And thank yourself for having the awareness that there was that judgment. And instead of, instead of sending that judgment onwards and outwards, send a blessing. I send love now. I send love. I send my love to you. It can be that simple. So every single moment, if something, whether it's a bill, whether it's a person, whether it's an experience, send love. To send love in that moment. And that will ricochet and ripple out to be the actual tuning point that you want to receive, that you want to experience mm -hmm. and experience in life. Mm -hmm. and, and that's the most important seed. If you take away anything from this conversation, any listener, any viewer, just take that seed of love. Forgive yourself and send love and a blessing in replacing of anything that creates more separation. And recognize also that you can see God in everything and in everyone. And if you have a moment of that judgment for somebody else, it is reflective in something that you likely have unhealed within yourself, something that still has a distortion point where you are, in fact, that being that you're looking at. And so if you can begin to open your eyes and more so, more even poignantly, your heart and see through the eyes of your heart, you would recognize that that being that you're judging is in fact judging yourself and only yourself. And that attitude, that behavior, that characteristic is something that is in fact within you. And then you're able to go deep diving within yourself. If you remove that blaming, that victimization energy, and you really go deep and you say, wow, that being is me. And yet I see that behavior and it affects me. I am put off 
or I, I feel a distancing from that or an anger in that. That is your immediate opportunity to stop what you're doing and go inside and say, what aspect of me is reflected now? And really feel that. It could be a parent. It could be something your mother or father um, had a, a characteristic of, and therefore thus you have an association with within yourself. And therefore, that gives you the opportunity to forgive that mother or father energy. And in that moment, a tremendous amount of healing can take place. And you will also see that being that you were so critical of, just sort of dissolve itself right from your very And it's, it's wonderful. The, the amount of power through love that you have is, is unable to be, it's intangible. It is ever-present in all things, and it is infinite. The I that you wish to speak from is the infinite I, not the small self that is needing to take power from another. Yeah, so that's, that <laughs> small I, that, that illusionary I, don't fear the dissolution of the identity because you become more equipped, more in tune, more in alignment when you release that. That aspect that is limiting you consistently and continuously, <laughs> when you fully release that, it's so much more easier, simplistic to animate in reality because you don't do the things out of, out of a desire out of desire to please others, out of desire to do something that's not suitable to the heart calibration of what you're truly here for. You stand firm and you only listen to the guidance of the divine. And so when you let go of the small I, your operating system, your human hologram, this divine golden temple that you embody, that your field is embodying Inperiencing and experiencing is much more efficient when it doesn't have the noise of that eye anymore. So don't, it doesn't need to be a difficult process because you'll always be held and supported through grace and ease if you choose that. It's like you walk into this mansion and you've just walked in the front door and you can see this hallway. You don't know how many rooms or how many levels this mansion has but you've just taken one footstep inside and that's the eye that's taken one footstep inside but to go any further you have to let that ego go and then you'll realize that there's infinite rooms in this mansion there's infinite levels there's infinite realms that hold different potentials that allow you to bring different powers different gifts different abilities to be of service mm -hmm. But the first necessity is to let the ego and leave it at the door. And then you can play in this playground of God, of source, of the universe, whatever word you choose to associate with that great divine presence. But you must leave it at the door to really begin this great, great journey and, and play. It's a play of life. It's a play of the creation. Playground. It's so much fun to be in these amazing... Goodness, we get to experience the most 
beautiful, wonderful things here on this earth plane, pay attention to those things. And recognize identity is, the, is identity. I live in density when I have identity. And, and thus, it's just, it's just something that the moment that you surrender into who you are as this being who's, who has a focused expression in consciousness as a role playing right now. We're playing a role right now. We are formless and identityless. But here we are. We're in form. And here we are. We're speaking to you, beautiful, beautiful Loren and this entire world of beings who are going to be listening to us and, and we're so in honor to be here but we're not what you see at all this is just the focused expression of lady nada and sananda um we are so much more than that and so remember that and, and when you look in the mirror instead of looking at your flaws look into your eyes and see your soul Beautiful, really explaining, expressing the power of love, which is really beautiful. Again, this conversation is exquisite and very pure. And I want to share something with our viewers and listeners. Let's talk a little bit about your story. Uh, Shakina, Lady Nada, you said preparing for this. It took 11 years of celibacy yes. and you two are in love in a divine, pure way. And your relationship is not the lower chakra physical expression of love that hum humans know of in this earth. That relationship that you have is of an ascended level as well. So share about this because we hear from those who are on the ascension path that it is this union of masculine and feminine energies within themselves as well. And that's what you guys are expressing too. It's, it's, it's a different kind of love. We're going to share something with you now that many of our students around the world know, but we are what's called a twin ray. A twin ray is um, pretty new to the planet in terms of the fact that most twin rays, when, they, when twin flames ascend, they become a twin ray. And the twin rays that have ascended have not come back to the planet or doing work in other places and other universes, but have not re-entered into this plane. So we are here as Twin Ray, which is like mother and father of Twin Flames, for example, um, to help open all the doors and portals for all beloveds on the planet who are really here for the purest service to thy God source within and to to the universe and, and to the planet in the most, with the highest integrity and the highest form of purity. Now this vessel has still, has still not, um, we have not yet come together in physical unification. So it is 
still 11 years that this vessel has been celibate or has gone through the purification process because we do not have, there's kind of a, a, a what's it called when something is, um, there's an irony here. So we have the ability to have all the free will in the world that we would choose if we chose. But since we've given away all of that to God, then we are just only in divine decree. And thus, we are very much in a tantric union at the highest level. And we don't need to have that, uh, that kind of lower chakra connection. In physicality. In the it's a different way to connect with someone from the heart chakra and beyond. We can sit and just stare into each other's eyes, into each other's hearts, and experience ecstasy and experience an orgasmic connection inside these physical vessels. We can do breath and meditation and tantra, but not with touch, not necessity to need the touch. But this is not to say that the physicality is impure or not necessary. It also no. is so beautiful. And anyone that's in a divine relationship that wishes to use that sexual energy, that creative energy in such a pure, refined way, then that's beautiful. These vessels do not need that. We don't require that. We have a such an unconditional love for one another that we're already filled and complete we don't need something to complete us. It's just that we are abiding in that sacred love for the divine, and the divine is what brings this pillar into the twin ray expression. And so for all the twin flames out there, if you've heard of a twin flame or if you have a twin flame relationship, the purpose of that twin flame relationship is to ascend together, is to unify together, to then be of service to humanity. And then a twin ray is one union ship when you, a twin flame has ascended. There's seven potentials that map out between the seven personal chakra system, which is seven potentials of a twin flame. But there's one twin ray is when you actually ascend. That flame, that essence of God unites in a trinified light that actually returns back to its source point. And that's where you are one field, the union mystica, you are one union, one field, but two vessels. One consciousness. And one, one consciousness stream. So we are very telepathic. If we were to touch each other, that telekinetic touch, we touch and feel on the other vessel. So it's quite an interesting energy because you can have multiple bodies. We have multiple bodies. This is, this is one body that you see that we speak of. Our lineage, our pathway of the immortals, of the ascended ones, there's many, and it's very simple to create other bodies for yourself. Once you've purified this body, and once you've liberated this body, you can multiply yourself. And that's where there's no need or desire to touch and, and animate in a lower chakra spectrum because we just don't have those chakras. And for you, that you're going through this process, know that... The bliss, the orgasmic delight of pure connection to God is an ever 
never-ending, infinite volcano of eruption that glorifies and sanctifies you in every single breath. Yes. So beautiful, really. So incredibly beautiful. And so I have two more questions for you that I'd like to have you discuss from this uh, more of a 3D bridge dimension with people so that they can understand this. You were talking about when we're in this space of really understanding the universe is within us and we're um, integrating all the aspects of our soul and even um, holding archetypal energy there comes a point and especially when we purify and, and and get rid of the thought patterns so we're not identifying with the thoughts that we then have access to the greater mind the universal mind as we're centered and we ask a question center from the heart can you just explain a little bit more of that process of the, of what hologram unfolds when you say having access to the universal mind what would it be like to have access to the universal heart and how would that instantly shift your ability to animate in the world because the universal mind is still a thought portal it's still information but it hasn't been integrated into the omnipresence the omniversal presence of the heart but that is really where information blossoms from and then you don't need the mind to process it it isn't a process in that way it just is you you become god consciousness embodied and thus it isn't about knowing or the need to know anything you just open your stream and there you are something very very easily to let go of is the notion that the godhead needs to know itself mm. it's like saying that a knife can cut itself or water wets itself or the air breathes itself and the Godhead doesn't know itself, it is the presence of total omniscience. And when you are in that experience, imperience, there isn't a need to know. The mind is like the canvas of the entire universe, the animations of particle that create this beautiful illusion. Mm -hmm. And when you're in the heart, you can have access to all of it because what happens, you don't need to know something hours or days or weeks on a linearity point of view before it happens. You, it, when you're in that moment, you are given what tools are necessary and what is necessary to fulfill that purpose in that moment. Mm -hmm. It all comes to you, not you have to seek and find it. It's like attracting life instead of chasing life. And this is when you flip the paradigm of chasing versus attracting many people are trying to acquire knowledge or acquire wisdom or acquire possessions or acquire or power or, or acquire love even it's mm -hmm. no you can't acquire something that you already are <laughs> you already are it you have to let go
go of that distraction of trying to chase it to then embody it. And from that perspective, there is no more, there's, there's no more gain. There's, there's no more need or desires that need to be fulfilled because you trust and surrender. Now, trust is the feminine, the divine feminine energy of fully trusting the masculine energy. And the masculine energy at its highest is surrender. But you can't have trust without surrender or vice versa. So to be fully embodying your divine masculine, your divine feminine, your divine Christos or divine Sophia within you, it's about trusting and surrendering to the divine, knowing that everything will be provided for as it always has been. It's always been provided for. It's, it's the law of the universe of compensation. You're always going to be compensated for if you are in alignment with the law of one. The law of one, or more importantly, as the law of one, the law of love. And remember that anything that you chase will run from it naturally. And so I hear this question coming up because it, it does come up often for those who do not have a twin flame in their life or a twin ray, which is the ascended aspect of the twin flames. Can you offer some words then that everything really is okay, that maybe we're not meant to, right, be in physical form, that there is a peace within that? Exactly. The twin flame is in you. When you have that flame inside you, you are complete. You are sovereign. You are free. Your partner doesn't bring something to you. You exactly. both amplify the flame together. So if there was a partner, it's just a reflection of that beautiful flame within you. However, if you don't have that and you're on a solo journey and timeline, your main relationship, whether in relationship, whether it's a twin flame, twin ray, the relationship, soulmate, soulmate the relationship or even if you're single, the relationship never changes. It's your relationship with God. And God. It's your relationship with the divine, which is expressed through yourself. That's mm-hmm. the most important relationship. And when you truly, truly embody that relationship within yourself, it doesn't matter who reflects that in that moment because you see that being as yourself. It doesn't mean you want to have multiple relationships. It means that... That unionship is a full embodiment of the expression of love within you and it's reflected perfectly and harmonically outside of you. And you look at your beloved as you look in the eyes of God. You look at your beloved as you look in the eyes of love itself. And that's the true feeling that doesn't need a person or a personification of that love. It just needs to be felt within it. And when you come from a space of, I need something or someone to complete me, you will only bring in someone who also feels incomplete. And thus, when you come from a space of lack, you will receive lack. It's a simple law of attraction. It's a simple law of energetic reciprocity. And so... You know, so many people say, oh, I need a partner. I really want to have love in my life. And I ask beautiful, 
what is it that you, why do you want to have love in my life? Oh, I feel alone at night and I want someone to cuddle with. Or, you know, I, um, I really want somebody to do X, Y, and Z for me. Well, my beloved ones, we say to you, how about waking up and recognizing that it is you who is serving your beloved? What can you offer your beloved? What is it that you can amplify within that beloved to become this great God source within him or her instead of seeking what someone can do for you? And that's going to shift your paradigm completely. It becomes from a heart space of devotion. So your devotion is to serve your God source. And from that, you serve your relationship. You serve your community, you serve the world, you serve the universe mm. as part of that tapestry of interconnectivity. And that is true unity consciousness. Whether in relationship or whether in relationship with the divine, it never changes. Yes, okay, and that's why we always talk about self-love and how we can give this to ourselves. That is our... Uh, responsibility. That's our mission here. That's where this journey begins. And that becomes the attractor. Beautiful. This has been such an enlightening quantum conversation. I am elated. I know our viewers and listeners are. So as we wrap up our show, I want to give you both a moment to really share on the overall ascension process for our planet. You are on a mission to assist in this. You've actually gone through it yourselves, physically, in your own lives. And so are we on a good course here? So there are many timelines that, I mean millions and even billions of timelines that literally very recently just dissolved that were perhaps on less of a beautiful trajectory. But certainly this coming together, this twin ray entering into the planet and all so many beautiful masters that are here to assist and bring this light through, this is all for the great ascension of all of humanity. No one is going to be left behind. That is not the divine plan. And yet free will reigns supreme. And so the holographic universe allows for each and every beloved to experience whatever they need and whatever paradigm they wish to live in. But for those of you, Loren, and most likely your listeners and viewers as well, you are on that trajectory or you wouldn't be here, you wouldn't be listening to us speak, and you certainly wouldn't be following such a beautiful being as yourself. And so for those listeners, we say to you, it's beautiful, Trichet. Absolutely. And the beautiful news here is that there's a new morphogenic field. There's a new crystalline template of a divine human. It's been called the Homo Luminous, the Homonos Universalis, the Homo Sanctus, many names. It's this, the Homo Divinus, the divine human that returns back to its original gold print, not the blueprint. Not but the carbon-based structure of the 666. Yes, the six-atom atomic structure, which is based on the six electrons, six neutrons, six 
photons. It's based on a crystalline silicon matrix. And this is a shift that everyone is, is going through. And whether you're aware of it or not, mm -hmm. your coding is being inundated with these light packets as you've experienced. And so the grids, the Christic, the Christ grids, or the unity grids of the planet and of the morphogenic field of our planet, of the morphogenic field of our solar system, of our galaxy, of our universe, mm -hmm. and it keeps going and going and going. Mm -hmm. But these, this, this server, this literal server of consciousness is shifting. And it has shifted. It's no longer a descending spiral that mm -hmm. created the, the geometry of the Kali Yuga. Because every age, an aeon of time, is held together by a specific geometry, by a specific mathematical sequence of the universe that expresses itself. And so at the Kali age, there's very much the war and destruction, but every age is playing out simultaneously. Mm -hmm. And so our beloved planet has gone through this total unification to a higher calibration to ascend together in community, together on a planetary level. And so that's why there's so many beautiful masters, there's so many great teachers, so many great children. We're all learning from each other. We're all part of this, this family of the one consciousness, the one source. And the more that we strengthen that attunement to the main broadcast of love, we crystallize our, our energetics, we crystallize our body templates, we purify our blood, we come connected to a grid that is so expansive that the ego or the identity is shattered and is unified deeper and more connected to the entire encompass of this new age of time, the golden age. So for the golden age to truly come through, we must bring forth the golden race. And this is what we have been given the dispensation, the great honor of the ambassadorship to hold the geometry of this golden race, to not only teach it, but give the practices that are necessary for the, every being to become illuminated. And that golden, illuminated self is your highest pristine pure, purity, the essence that you truly are. Many masters have gone through this rainbow light body ascension, have turned their bodies into light. We've experienced our full body illuminated and come back into calibration. It's like you dissolve into millions and infinite fractals and then you reaccumulate them back and it re-sinks your hologram back into a new structure. This is possible, and this is the happening. It's literally encoded into the grids of this sacred, sacred earth, mm -hmm. sacred Gaia, and it's also encoded into the morphogenic template for our collective species. So with that being said, we are on a great, great ascension cycle together as one. We love you all from the depths of the universal heart, the omnipresence of love itself, and we in great reverence to you, Loren, for holding such a heart portal for all these beautiful viewers and listeners to really hear the wisdom and the words and the feelings of the truth that they know deep inside. You have reminded us of the truth as well. And this is 
new earth and this is the best news and the greatest news the real news of all it is the truth and we are all there together ascending as one so beautiful lady nada and sananda thank you thank you thank you for this quantum conversation you're invited to continue the teachings of sananda and shakina in the special offer, Internalizing the Cosmic Christ. It's a four-part program with four transmissions. It's just really to teach us about what Christ means at the cosmic level, at the embodiment level. It's about twin flames, it talks about sacred union, being on purpose, what contracts are. It's a, it's a four-part series with four... Uh, wisdom teachings, and then also four transmissions. The program is definitely goes into deeper aspects that we just spoke about. It's very powerful. People have had extraordinary experiences. 